And we are live again. A live uh, 2.0? Live 2.0. If you were on Facebook earlier and you saw us go live, we canceled and deleted the video because we had some technical difficulties, but we're back. If you didn't, then we're just letting you all know how, how we failed and you get to see behind the scenes. Um, we are recording this for Facebook Live, but maybe in the future we can start uh, recording one of these for Instagram TV. Insta what? Okay, so in, do you really care to know? Which part? <laughs> <laughs> TV, Instagram? <laughs> well, they're the same thing. So uh, do you know what Instagram is? I know it's a social uh, media Social app. media, yep. I've never used it. Okay. I'm you're not sure how to even use it when I've, I've seen it. Your son uses it. He does, and I can't, figure out, I can't figure Taylor out how Kennedy. I can't figure out to, to get the information from it. So, well, you probably have to have an account. Probably, but I, on his phone, I can't figure out. Oh. So I go to his phone to, you know, to yeah. review things oh, as, yeah, a, yeah. as a parent should. So there's two, actually now there's three main functions to Instagram. There's the feed, which is just pictures, people posting pictures. Yeah, which I don't want. And you know. just scroll, like, and it's kind of like a bottomless pit of pictures. Yes. Then there are stories, and those are little icons across the top. Okay. And those are 15-minute video or picture. Hmm. Or not minute, I'm sorry, second. 15-second video or picture. Okay. Um, and those disappear after 24 hours. Wow. Sort of. Sort of. Yeah. And then there's a new thing called Instagram TV, which is uh, a little longer. Like, it's video content that's optimized for vertical. Uh-huh. So 9 by 16 instead of 16 by 9. And you can post up to 10-minute videos on Okay, it. so it's not like watching a TV show. No, you'd watch it <laughs> through the Instagram app on your so kind of like a YouTube through your Instagram? Yeah, but like YouTube videos are widescreen. Instagram videos are vertical. That's the primary difference. Okay. So anyway, so if you're out there, go follow at LHC Stuman and watch our Instagram TV. We have a couple Can you repeat that again? Stuman? Stuman. Short for student ministry. <laughs> okay, student so ministry. Not, LHC not, Stuman. That's all not what we call our men's ministry, the Stuman. No. <laughs> no, listen. I, when I got here... One of the things I heard was you want to be consistent across all channels. So mm -hmm. website and uh, uh, social media handles and all that. Do you know how hard it is to find LHC student ministry like that isn't already taken by 30,000 other like Long Hollow Church and Liberty Hungry Church? Yeah, I don't know. I, I do not know how hard There's, it is. Very, I've never tried. So. Very difficult. Okay. Very difficult. I'll so, take your word for it. We have a consistent channel. That being said... Uh, we are live on Facebook. Thanks for joining us. Hop on into the comments and let us know um, your favorite breed of dog. Favorite breed of dog? <laughs> What's your favorite breed of dog? Um, this is what happens when we don't prep the show. Favorite breed of dog? I, I don't know. Do you have a dog? I do have a dog. Well, is it, isn't that by default your favorite breed? Uh, not necessarily. Because <laughs> I've had other ones. Our dog is uh, two parts. One part Maltese, one part Shizu. There you go. And so uh, don't put those two together. It never comes out well, so just don't leave it alone. We have a golden doodle. That's one part golden retriever, one part poodle. Okay. And I would say the same thing. Don't put them together. <laughs> it's but just, it never comes out right. Maybe but. it's just that we hate our dogs. I know. I, well, sometimes probably. <laughs> So anyway, uh, if you're watching on Facebook Live, do us a favor and click that little share button. We'd love to get the word out. Uh, hopefully your followers can hear this and, and all that good stuff. Um, but if you're listening, um, maybe you can help us share this podcast. 
Here's a little fun fact about our, our audio podcast. So you might not know this, but Liberty Heights has a podcast, and it's where all the sermons go to die or live, <laughs> however you want to put it. But as we record sermons, they are put on our podcast feed, and that's where you can go listen to archived things. But we've started incorporating our Tuesdays at 2. Do you want to know something interesting about that, Pastor Scott? Um, of course I do. The analytics show... That our Tuesdays at 2 are w- more popular than Pastor Brad's sermons. Well, see, I, I just run it all night long at my house. So. <laughs> oh, so it's just you It's me, just me and, and you. Jamie. All our friends that we get. Yeah, we're, yeah. Can we start selling commercials or something to make some money off of that? We should. Okay. We should because we have a coffee habit that we, we need to we, fund. We do need to have a coffee habit we need to fund. So anyway, if you're like scrolling through Instagram, or I'm sorry, Facebook, and you're like, man, I'd love to listen to what Pastor Scott and Pastor Nick have to say. But I don't land on anything on Facebook for longer than 45 seconds at the max. Um, that's okay. Neither do I. That's why we started a podcast. So go subscribe, download, and maybe on your commute to work you can listen to this, and it'll be helpful uh, for you in that regard. Unfortunately, the downside of a Facebook show plus an Instagram or put oh, I'm so obsessed with Instagram right now. <laughs> a Facebook show plus, plus Instapod. A podcast. You put them together. Instapod. <laughs> A Facebook show plus a podcast is that uh, we have to do a lot of banter at the beginning of a Facebook live yeah. video to build our audience. And if you're listening on a podcast, you're like, okay, just get with it. Get to the point. So here we go. We're going to get with it. Get with it. Um, wrecked by Riches. Wrecked by Riches. That was the uh, title of the sermon on Sunday. Not quite an alliteration because wrecked starts with a W. Yeah. But but if you didn't know that, right, it would sound like it, if right? If you've never been to second grade, you'd never know. Um, or if you're not a good speller, there are people, you know that. That's true. That's true. I'm sorry to offend you if you didn't know how to spell right. <laughs> um, but let's let's talk about that a little bit. Give me uh, just a little bit of a um, quick overview recap. What were the the couple main points? I know that Pastor Brad spoke for you know 30 plus minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, but the quick synopsis. Yep. What, what did we drive at? Well, you know, this is this is one of those messages probably easy to kind of capture and, and get your arms around. Um, the main kind of premise here where there are two common beliefs that will keep you out of heaven. So that's, you know, we're talking about the rich young ruler. Mm-hmm. And so you get caught up in that story, but essentially he's talking about salvation. And so what are some common misconceptions about, you know, what keeps people out of heaven? And so Pastor Brad shared two. Um, one is that it's up to us. So it's up to our efforts, it's up to our performance, and God looks at us and evaluates us favorably. And so we gain salvation through some type of earning uh, favor with God. Okay. So that, that's one. You know, Brad used a very clever way of saying it, so I'm not restating what that. What did he say? He said, if it's up to B, it's up to me. It's up to B, it's up to me. Yeah. So essentially, I, I'm, I'm the one that's in control here. I'm the one that's in charge of, of earning my salvation. And then kind of broke it down into three categories. Works, faith and works, or faith alone. Which was, you know, kind of thinking about one one extreme, kind of this mixture view, and then over here completely by faith alone, and, and that's where you know we, we stand as as believers that uh, it's not faith without works, but it is certainly um, we are received uh, and, and considered righteous in God's sight by faith, right? So, what would you say if I said it's not uh, uh, salvation doesn't come by our works, um, but but we don't. I had it way cuter in my head. <laughs> uh, salvation doesn't come by our works, but um, we like nothing we do can earn our salvation. Yep. Except, how would you how would you define then um, making a decision to make a profession of faith um, or choosing to follow Jesus? Like, 
isn't isn't don't we play a part in that? Well, we certainly <laughs> have to. That's a very loaded. We certainly have to transfer our trust, right? Okay. So there's essentially where where God through the Holy Spirit convinces us of you know our need for salvation, right? Mm-hmm. Our need for repentance, mm-hmm. because sometimes people people consider well repentance is, is 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 a work. Well, you can't really you can't really pursue believe and trust in Christ until you abandon belief and trust in what you're already doing. You're actually working through a book right now that talks about that. So if I have my faith place my faith and trust in Christ, that means I'm abandoning faith and trust in myself or some other view where I'm, I'm basing my eternity on something something else, right? right. And so, uh, you know, I do have to believe, I do have to acknowledge, I do have to transfer my trust there. But that's so is different. that a work? That's not a work. Why not? Well, because Scripture says it's faith, it's, it's a belief, it's a trust. Okay. Okay? So, so I do I mean, we do have to do something. Right. Okay? Where, where God credits us with righteousness and removes our, our guilt of sin. So he takes away what, you know, the penalty for our sin, right. but he credits Christ's righteousness to us, and that comes through faith. Right. And, and we didn't, and there's, I mean, it's super easy. Yeah. It's, like you it, can make, you can believe in your heart yep. that Christ has been raised from yep. the dead. Yeah. And confess with your mouth yeah. that he's Lord. Yeah. Like that's, you, you can do that right where you are on Facebook watching us or listening to this podcast. Like yep. there's no, you don't have to like drive down to the DMV and take a ticket yep. and like make an appointment. It's just those couple things. So it's very easy on one hand but following him it's a lifelong pursuit well yeah i mean so it's not just it's it's what grace is i mean god offers a gift of salvation through christ right but you still have to receive it right so the gift is is there but but just like you could hand me a gift and say i have this for you if i don't actually receive it i'm not doing anything to earn that gift right but i have to actually receive that gift right and that's what john you know john the first chapter of the gospel of john says but as many as received him, to them he gave the, the right to become children of God. Right. And, and so we have to receive what Christ has done on our, our behalf. It's his perfection, his character, and his work on our behalf that we accept. And so he, he comes, he lives a perfect life, he obeys the law fully, and he dies on our behalf. And so his righteousness is substitute, you know, he's the substitute for, for our sin. I mean, he takes our, our guilt, he takes our punishment. He takes the condemnation we deserve, but it, but we also get his his righteousness. So yep. so it's essentially you know the, the young the rich young ruler said, "What must I do to inherit eternal life?" And so we can get hung up, and, and that's the point is I, I've done all these things just like everything else. What must I do to be favorable in God's sight? And the point is you can't be apart from Christ, right? Yep. And 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 but the danger of that is we we don't want to. We, we, can, we can make that complete about works. The same thing was more or less asked of the Apostle Paul. When the, Silas and Paul were in jail, had been beaten, were singing hymns. Um, you know, this earthquake comes. The jailer is concerned because he's like, uh-oh, the prisoner's gone, and he's going to actually take his life because, you know, he thinks his life is in danger. Yeah. And he says, what must I do to be saved? And, and Paul says, hey, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, right? And yeah. you will be saved. Yeah. And so belief is not the same as some form of earning my righteous standing before God. So um, now Scripture also says that even the demons believe, believe and tremble. Yeah. So can you di- differentiate a true uh, belief of someone who's a follower of Christ versus the demons who, like, they're not going to be in heaven. They're not going to be in heaven. So, th- But they believe. They believe. And Paul just said if you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you'll be saved. So... Obviously, we know that there's some nuance to that, but can sure. you help extrapolate that out? Yeah, that's, and that's a great point. I mean, a lot of evangelism training programs talk about that. So there's just this 
this cognitive understanding of who Jesus is. Right. right? So there's a belief that Jesus existed. He was a person. He, he did the supernatural. And the demons certainly believed. I mean, we see that in the Gospel of Mark, right? We're going through Mark. The demons clearly believe in Jesus, right? Yeah. Jesus, don't, don't, don't send me out of, you know, send me into that herd of swine there. Right. So they believed in Christ. So it's not just believing in facts about Jesus. Um, it, it's, it's believing that I am unrighteous before God, right? It's not just believe in blind facts or intellectual facts. It's the fact that I, in the sight of God, am in a predicament where I am unrighteous and that the wages of my sin is death. And and we know that there's not salvation for demonic demons, right? I mean, when it comes to the spiritual realm of angels and demons, the demons have rebelled against God and, and their their future is, is, is locked. Right, okay. It's sealed. I mean, they're going to suffer. They're going to be rejected. They're, they're never going to inherit redemption, right? right. But for us, it, it's acknowledging that our, that all of our righteous deeds, it's like filthy rags. Mm-hmm. Okay, We've sinned and the wages of our sin is death. We deserve separation from God, eternal separation from God. We deserve condemnation. So, so there's a point where I deserve wrath and condemnation, and, and I understand that Jesus has done what he's done on my behalf. And so it's, it's, it's trust. That's the difference there. That you can believe all kinds of things. It's trust. I am transferring my trust from myself to gain God's favor and placing it in Christ's hands, right? Yeah. And so that's the main issue there is, is I can believe and understand and relate to all kinds of things, but, but trusting my hope and my security of my future, eternal security, into Christ's hands as opposed to my own is the big issue there. So, okay, so then in Mark 10, um, which that's where we were, right? Yep. Okay, so in Mark 10, the rich young ruler is, him and Jesus are the two primary uh, figures in this, this mm-hmm. passage. And he asks how, like, what must I do yep. to, how, what are his words exactly? What must I? He says, uh, let, me, let me flip there. He, he says, um, I think it's what must I do to inherit eternal life. Um, he said, why do you call me good? He came to Jesus, acknowledged Jesus is good. He said, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Okay. Teacher. And so Jesus tells him, go. He says, you know the commandments. Yep. And, and this is interesting. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. So we're talking about what? The Ten Commandments, right? Yep. Do not, do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Do not defraud. Honor your father and mother, right? Yep. And he says, hey, I've, I've, I've kept all these um, from my youth up. And then Jesus said, there's one thing you lack. Go sell all your possessions and give to the poor and come follow me and you'll have treasure in heaven. So when we're, you and I are sitting here talking, you know, Paul says, believe on Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved. And we're like, that's all you need. That's all you need. Why in the world did Jesus, like, it seems like this one's really weird. And yep. this, is, this one trips a lot of people up. Yep. So why did Jesus say to everyone else, you know, believe me, believe me, believe me, but you sell everything you have? Yep. Sell whatever you have, give to the poor, and come follow me, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, what's interesting here, there, just thinking about this, and I'm sure we've probably thought about it before, but Jesus, you know, we, we think about the law, the Ten Commandments is the first part of it. Yep. Okay, the first four commandments there. And and then, you know, that hinge one about honoring your parents. But but Jesus actually doesn't quote the, the commandment about coveting. Hmm. So he goes to all this, and if the guy knew the law, he'd say, hey, you missed one. Hmm. You didn't mention you should not covet what your neighbor has, you know. So, so that's the that's the the commandment that's at the core of greed, right? Or or desire for what my neighbor has. Right. So, so he didn't quote that, and 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 the rich young ruler didn't address that. Right. 
But but interestingly, he did he didn't even come back and say, "Hey, you know, I've done all this, but all this is built on the first four commandments here." And so that first commandment, "You shall have no other god before me," is at the core of of, of what really we all we all need to think about, right? Mm. And so his here's what he said. He he went away sad because Jesus told him to sell sell our property. He says because he owned much property. And I think the real emphasis there, it wasn't that he owned much property. He certainly did, but the property owned him. Yeah. And so that's the issue there is, is my life, I was sad because, because in essence, Jesus is telling me to give me up what I place my hope and trust in. And, and, and the reward seems less beneficial than the cost. Now, help me with a point of clarification. So we're talking about different Ten Commandments here, different commandments of the Ten Commandments. One of them is, you shall have no God before me, you shall not covet. So clearly this man uh, is guilty of those things. That being said, we don't live under an Old Testament covenant law. So like, we don't need technically to follow the Ten Commandments to experience salvation. No. So help me make that distinction. Why now are we focused on the Ten Commandments in this guy's case where Jesus came not to abolish the law, but sure. to fulfill it. Sure. Well, he, he's he's essentially tried to obey this law, and, and in essence, he is looking at his performance and saying, "Hey, I've done all this." Which which you know, which at the top of what we were talking about, we said it's not about works. Yeah, it's not it's about, about works. Grace. But but he's trying to honor and obey God, right? Yep. And, and he comes to Jesus. He bowed down. He's humble, and, and in essence, he's saying, "Look, I've done all this." Which, which in essence, we know that, that none of us has fulfilled the law perfectly, right? Right. And so partial performance, when it comes to law, means... Um, it's not good enough. It's not, well, it's not good because nobody's perfected it. Right. Jesus is the only one that did it perfectly. And, and James says, if you've stumbled at one point of law, you're guilty of all of it. Mm. That's the part he doesn't understand. So I cannot earn favor of God... I, I, I'm doing what I think God wants me to do, which obviously God gave us these commandments, you know, and, and, they, and he tried to live by these commandments. But in essence, he, he really didn't understand that God wanted his heart. Hmm. And so by, by, by performing and believing that I can literally say before God that I've done all this before God perfectly, um, that's where he's, he's got it wrong. So do you think that Jesus asking him to sell all his possessions was Jesus basically saying, I want you to choose stuff or me? Well, he's trying to dislodge what he's putting his hope and trust in, right? Uh-huh. Because he said he was, he was very sad. Yeah. And in essence, I think that's the issue with Jesus. With anybody. Jesus goes after what rules people's hearts. Okay, whether it could be fear. It could be all kinds of things. You know, look, here's a, here's a, here's a text from a rich young ruler, but Jesus also confronted the greed and fear and anxiety in his disciples' hearts. When, when they were just trying to have enough bread and clothing and shelter to live by. Yeah. So he still went after the same. So, so this guy has luxury and has plenty, but that's tempting him to put his trust in that. Over here, the disciples had just as much fear because they didn't think they're going to have enough to live by. Yeah. So both of them were ruled by, they believed ultimately that, that having enough and, and somehow they were in control of their future there. Hmm. And so Jesus, Jesus challenged the disciples because one time in Mark, he multiplied loaves and he says, he says, in Mark, he says, look, um, why do you discuss the fact that you have no bread? Do you not understand? Do you, do you have a hardened heart? 
He said, when I broke the fire, I've already showed you I can provide. I am the solution for your, your concern about bread. And, and essentially, he did these miracles from. And what he said basically is, you guys don't get it. It, it's, it's not the bread. It's me. Okay, I'm the bread of life, right? Hmm. And so the source of eternal life is me, whether you've got plenty or whether you got little here. Because yeah. I'm the one that's fulfilled the law perfectly. So an application point would not necessarily be to sell all your stuff. And well, think about it. If you are fearful and anxious, not, not in the sense that you have plenty, right? That's sadness. But what if you go to a person who's anxious and they're trying to obey God with giving back, giving to the Lord, but right now fear grips their heart, okay? So in a ma- matter of trying to do what God says, they give everything away, right? Right. Okay, but they're not convinced the reward is greater than the sacrifice. So what's going to happen after that? They're going to struggle with fear and anxiety after making that decision there. It's, it's the decision to do that because you believe that following Christ is more important than your possessions there. He wasn't convinced of that. Hmm. And until he's convinced of that, you can do all these things over here and still not believe Jesus is more, better and, and sufficient for, 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 fall, for eternal life there. So how do we become convinced of that in our own lives? Well, I mean, I think I think you see here a progressive sanctification taking place in people's lives, right? Yeah. Do his disciples get it completely? Define sanctification. Sanctification means that I am being changed by the work of God's Spirit into the image of Christ, right? Which is our ultimate goal. Which is our ultimate goal. That's that's the goal of every human being should be, that one day we'll actually look like Jesus. I don't mean we're going to look like him like, you know, the, the pictures you see on the wall, the really old-fashioned pictures of Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Long hair. like the old 50s and 60s movies. Yeah, perfectly straight hair and that perfect beard and, and, and you know, and walking around with this white robe. Oh, no, that's not what we're talking about. Yeah. It's, it's that I'm going to... I'm going to have the thoughts of Jesus. I'm going to think like Jesus. Yeah. I'm going to desire what Jesus desires. I'm going to have the attitude of Jesus. I'm going to, I'm going to think and say and speak and do. And, and even my body language will represent. I mean, I won't, I won't be affected by sin at all. Hmm. So I'll be completely conformed to his image where what I want to do is God's will. And so when, that's, when all the remnant and, and remaining sin is removed from my life, um, I will, I will be conformed to his image completely. Okay, so you're saying we see we see that here going on this progressive thing. We, we see it on and on and on and on and on. We see his disciples not getting it, right? Mm-hmm. We see the rich young ruler not getting it, but we see his disciples not getting it. And they've been following around and listening to him this whole time. Yeah. And so there's an element of our hearts are still hardened to not hear what Jesus is, is telling us, right? Yeah. And so the rich young ruler, look, he went after right what controlled his heart. He went after the idol of his heart. What his world really revolved around was... He, he wanted to know it about eternal life, but at, at the core of his heart, there was still the control of something else. God was not most important to him. So how do we identify those things and surrender those things? Well, I think, I think in time, um, obviously, through the day in, day out, in, in our conversation things, people have to help us see some of this sometimes. Okay. Oh, so you're saying it drives all back to community well, again? Well, I, I, I'd say it goes down to a couple things. The Word of God can expose, judge uh-huh. the thoughts and intentions of the heart. That's Hebrews 4.12, right? Yep, yep, so yep. the Word of God, through the Spirit of God, because God comes to give us a spirit to help us see and identify with Jesus where, where we fall short, short right? Yeah. So He's working in us to, to change us to the image of Christ. He inspired this Word to use to help us see that. And then he uses the people of God to help us see that. And he uses other things as well. So the people of God, the Word of God, and the Spirit of God, he also uses the circumstances that people go through, which this weekend we'll, you know, we'll, we'll hit in, in, in Mark 10, thinking about some of the difficulty that Jesus uses. Um, he's going to promise some certain things there that God's going to use to change us into the image of Christ. Yeah. So, so 
Word, spirit, people are essential to this, and then some other elements Christ used, right? Yeah. Well, good stuff. Uh, hope to see you this weekend, um, Labor Day, one service. One service, 1030? Yep, good Woo-hoo. times. Um, <laughs> uh, don't forget that in a couple weeks, not this Sunday, but the following is our Life Connect. Life Connect. So if you are, you have been on the precipice, like that word. Precipice. That's a doctrinal, like, that's a doctoral type word. That's not like Instagram, right? No. <laughs> anyway, if you've been on the precipice of taking your step into Life Group and you don't know where to go, how to go, what to go, all you have all these questions, Life Connect is for you. That's September 9th. That's in between two our services. two services up in the cafe over in here. In the cafe, which means we'll have donuts. Donuts and coffee. Which Sunday mornings are not complete without donuts. <laughs> Hopefully the leftovers get brought down to student ministry again. Do not be left out. Just bad, go. just so bad. There you go. Join us for Life Connect. And then uh, Life Groups launch the, the next Sunday after that week, September 16th. Uh, all Life Groups are back. So if you aren't sure where to go, if you want to get involved, now's the time. LHC.life to sign up for all that stuff, to inquire, to ask questions. Uh, we're looking forward to it, but we hope to see you Sunday. And we'll see you next Tuesday at 2.